Good morning. This is the recording of the Congregation at Prayer Daily Devotional Podcast. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. This is June 14th, 2018. We begin all hymns and liturgy is taken from Lutheran service book and the translations of scripture are taken from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. We began with hymn 677, which is, or sorry, 622 of Lutheran service book, which is Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared. One cannot understand that faith this truth embraces. Your body, Lord, is even now at once in many places. I leave to you how this can be. Your word alone suffices me. I trust its truth unfailing. Lord, I believe what you have said. Help me when doubts assail me. Remember that I am but dust, and let my faith not fail me. Supper in this veil of tears, Freshes me and stills my fears, and is my priceless treasure. And that we worthily receive, for supper, Lord, our Savior, and truly grieving for our sins may prove beyond behavior that we are thankful for your grace and day by day may run our race in holiness increasing your consoling supper lord be praised throughout all ages preserve it for in every place a world against it rages grant that this sacrament may be a blessed comfort unto me when living and when dying. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, 
and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The verse of the week is Psalm chapters one, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsels of, counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The second petition of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. The Psalm of the Week is Psalm 130, verses 1 through 8. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The primary gospel, the primary scripture reading for this day is taken from Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. And they, Jesus and his disciples, came to Bethsaida. And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out to the village. And when he spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands and his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, some comment, just a little talk about this. Just a couple verses from Mark's gospel. I would be totally honest, I had to go do some reading on this because it is kind of a, there's quite a bit going on in this, these just few verses. And there's, first off, there is definitely the remarkable similarity. Um, for those who have been doing the Facebook or the paper version of our congregation at prayer, they would know that a few days, about a last, some point last week, um, we would have, you would have read a very similar sounding story, um, event or count where Jesus heals a man that is deaf and had a speech impediment. And a lot of the scene plays out very similarly. And it seem and it would seem that Mark is doing that intentionally. And it's showing that Jesus is fulfilling um these words as is spoken in um Isaiah 35, verse 5, it says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. So in other words, uh, Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. Um, the healing of the blind in particular, making the blind to see in particular, was a sign of the Messiah. Because as far as I'm aware... There is no record of a blind people being made to see in the Old Testament. This was a specific sign of the Christ. And so when Jesus does this, it is a sign. But here's the thing, this is just a couple days, just yesterday, in our reading, Jesus told the Pharisees that he would not give them a sign. All right, so... Which makes gives the understandings to why does Jesus bring this blind man outside of the village? Why did he do this? And the reason is, is because this was not a sign for them. This was done not for the sake of the Pharisees, not even for the sake of the disciples, whom just in the chapter before, just the verses before again, they were. He said of them that they, though they have eyes, they don't see. Which, by the way, this is a right markable, this is a notable connection as well. But first off, simply, he is not satisfying them by giving them the sign that they are desiring, that they are demanding. Because yesterday, with the reading for you yesterday, the demand of the sign, the reason he doesn't give it, is he, doesn't, he does not want people to believe just because of his miracles, just because of the experience he gives them. He wants them to believe on account of his word. Now, Jesus does indeed perform miracles. He does wonders from time to time. But, ultimately, the main thing that he wants people to see is his word, all right? and Or to hear. And this is kind of interesting is that so here's a question that comes up quite often is, you know, first off, there's the spittle that happens um, 
Sorry, that was in the other one. Um, but anyways, there is... So there's kind of a leg of hands on them. And this kind of goes into... I mean, Jesus actually does do some, um, you know, physical actions. So yeah, he spits on his eyes and laid his hands on him. And so this, there's two things going on here. One is the spittle. This happened in also the healing of the deaf man, the de the the deaf man and speech impediment. There is spittle, and this is possibly so. And I understand. I had to look at uh, Doctor Velt's excellent Concordia commentary on these verses to kind of get some stuff out of this, but uh, the spittle may have been a cultural uh symbol uh in the time in the time of Jesus spit was often perceived may have been perceived as an element in many healing practices medical practices and so Jesus by spitting on the eyes or spitting on the tongue in the healing of the mute man or the deaf man, sorry, uh, would have been a sought into the person he was healing. Hey, I am about to heal you. All right, so it might have been that. But it also should be noted that this is a reminder that God, Jesus sometimes works through means to do his wonders, to do his healings, his power, his incredible things. Similarly, he works through the waters of baptism to um through the water and the word in baptism he works through the bread and the wine and the word in the lord's supper by which he gives forgiveness and he gives strength and he gives faith um then there is this thing that jesus has to do this twice you know it seems like oh the first one just didn't take so he had to um, so it's just, it's kind of a little wonky. The system knows it quite working. And so he had to go do another one. So what's the deal? Is Jesus broken? Is there something going on here? And again, this is one of those things that there's many theories as to why. Because um, we have other accounts where Jesus could heal blind people just like, boom, done, over with. So is this guy from Bethsaida, is he just extra blind? That Jesus needed an extra boost? Again, there's mystery. Is And perhaps, so a thought is that maybe it is connected to the previous passage. In the previous readings, we have Jesus saying to the disciples, you have ears and yet you do, you, I mean, sorry, you have eyes and yet you do not see. And this could be just speaking to the fact that, you know, people may hear, you hear the word of Christ. You hear Jesus speaking to you. You hear the gospel, and yet you don't really see. You're still blurred. Everything is like, everybody looks like the tall trees. And maybe it's going to be, and so for whatever reason, your, your stubbornness, your blindness, for whatever reason, you're being, you are kept from fully seeing. You know, it's kind of this thing that people could go to church their entire life and they hear the word of God over and over and over. They say, yeah, I believe, but 
they've never told their faith, almost never expressed their faith to another person. They go home, they walk out the door of the church as if nothing ever happened. And this is kind of this, you, you hear, or you, <coughs> you have the eyes of faith, but for whatever reason, you're not fully seeing. Everything is these tall, towering people. And so you are still functionally, you can't quite see. And so for whatever reason, the word has not fully taken hold. You're saved. You had the sight of faith. But you're not fully there. There's something keeping you from being that witness or... Um, it's like a, it's, you're not fully awakened type thing. And maybe there's something there. I don't know if that's exactly what's going on with this text. Maybe it is. It's, it is really one of those texts where it's, there's a lot of mysteries to why does Jesus take two times to do this? So, um, I mean, that's kind of where I'm going to go with is that maybe it is that, you know, they're, they're not quite there. There's some, it's like the devil their sinful nature is holding them back just a little bit. And, may, and who knows? I mean, the, the Holy the Spirit works, moves and works when and where he wish, he desires. And so we only, we, who knows when it is that those eyes will be fully opened. And I'm not just talking about eternity. I'm talking about in, um, you know, on this earth, in this life. So, uh that's my little commentary, my thoughts on that, those passages. Uh, we're going to proceed on to the secondary reading of the day, which is Proverbs chapter 14, verses 1 through 27. It writes, The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed. The tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Even in laughter the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways, and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. 
but a fool is reckless and careless. A man of quick temper acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices his hatred. A man of evil devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow down before the good, the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is disliked even by his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Do they not go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their wealth, but the folly of fools brings folly. A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out lies is deceitful. In the fear of the Lord one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The catechetical reading for the day is taken from the Augsburg Confession, Article 2, on Original Sin. This is taken from www.bookofconcord.org. And this particular translation is in public domain. It writes, Also they, the confessors at Augsburg, teach that uh, since the fall of Adam, all men begotten in the natural way are born with sin. That is, without the fear of God, without trust in God, and with concupiscence. And that this disease or vice of origin is truly sin even now condemning and bringing eternal death upon those not born again through baptism and the Holy Ghost. They condemn the Pelagians and others who deny that original depravity is sin, and who, to obscure the glory of Christ's merit and benefits, argue that man can be justified before God by his own strength and reason. We pr- let us pray. <clears throat> Almighty and eternal God, your Son, Jesus Christ, triumphed over the prince of demons and freed us from the bondage to sin. Help us to stand firm against every assault of Satan and enable us always to do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, 
that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The closing hymn of the day, and this is the hymn of the week, is Rise to Arms with Prayer Employ You. This is on Lutheran Service Book Hymn number 668.
scorn and trial. Our Savior King, His own will bring to that great glory which we sing. This has been a recording of the Congregation and Prayer Daily Devotional Podcast. I am Pastor Neil Wemitz. I serve as pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Ida Grove, Iowa. All, all the hymns and liturgy have been taken from Lutheran Service Book. The scripture readings have been taken from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. So, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.